Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11, hope you're all safe and well, um, I must apologise, I'm a bit bunged up, you know, I'm not feeling too well today, but you know, it doesn't matter, we still we still plug on, because there's still lots of people to interview and a lot of great stories to keep doing, so um, we'll, we'll carry on anyway regardless, I haven't, I haven't gone for a test yet, so we'll see, I just think it's a cold, so... So, you know, hashtag pray for us. Um, <laughs> hope everyone's well. Make sure you subscribe to the um, to the YouTube channel or to Spotify or whatever. Um, obviously, we've got lots of stuff coming up. Um, obviously, we've got the charity events coming up as well. So make sure you subscribe to that as well. Obviously, we're trying to get £20,000 by the end of September. And we're about 16, 17 at the moment. So well on the way. Um, today's guest, bless him. We've been trying to get on for ages. We've been trying to sort it out. We finally find the time it is we've already had his dad on uh, a few episodes a fair few episodes ago um it's andy Leddington. hi andy how are you doing man i'm all right mate i'm all right yeah doing doing well yeah glad to finally get on and uh, you know i love i love the love the channel watched all of them so far and you know really good work and yeah glad to you know put my uh, 11 in there with everybody else's Thank you so much. That's very, very kind of you. Yeah, no, it is, uh, obviously you and your dad, you know, you've been watching all of them, so I really appreciate that. Um, yeah. It's lovely to hear all those stories. And uh, it's quite nice as well, because we hear, like, um, I've had, like, a lot of, um, a lot of, like, Tottenham fans and Arsenal fans and Chelsea fans contact me as well, because obviously they don't get nothing like this. So it just yeah, shows yeah. you, you know, when everything, everyone's, you know, you know everything's going on in the world and stuff like that um the sort of west ham community is, is is a unique bunch of people and um and it proves that when you have these guys into you know when you have Tottenham fans saying although it's west ham i find it really interesting because you know it's all about stories and people and fans and that's what it's all about isn't it mate i mean particularly you you know you know your accent detect, detects me andy that you're not from around these parts um but but you're part of the West End community, same as everyone else, isn't it? Particularly on the uh, Facebook side. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, might be biased, but West End fans best in the country by a long way. You know, it's like I say, it's one big family, you know. 
Um, you could, you know, meet somebody the other side of the country. If you're a West Ham fan, you automatically got that connection. And, you know, that's what I love about uh, supporting West Ham and being a West Ham fan, you know, just yeah, they accept you, whatever, whichever part of the country you come from. There's no, you know, no bias, no uh, no malice. You know, you, you, you're one big family. It's, I love it. No, you're totally right. And it's so true. I mean, you see, you see stories of, you know, people who have had hard times because of all the everything that's been going on the last few months and it's just the West Ham lot just seem to pull together more than anyone else I think and I think we're probably we may be biased but we see the evidence so we see it yeah. how have you been during sort of lockdown and stuff with you and uh, and stuff like that how have you been yeah it's, it's been okay I mean you know sort of it gave me a chance to spend more time with family and that um you know watching films every night and being able to watch sort of the better days of West Ham on on YouTube and and that you know, so it's it, obviously it was a tough time with what was going on and that, but it was you know a personal time. It was you know spending time with my family and my mum and dad, and so it was it was okay. You know, glad the football's restarted, uh, and but yeah, it was all right. It was uh, you know got through it okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Didn't do much <laughs> in line, huh? you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Drinking and takeaways, but yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, but the pubs are back open, Andy, and, I, and obviously well, yeah, yeah, yeah. friends. And I, you, you do like the foresters quite a bit, I notice. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There is me local, and uh, yeah, that's where I get all my stick about being a West Ham fan. You know, so uh, but yeah, I love yeah. it. So obviously, we've had your dad on, and and he told his story, um, and I imagine your story of why you're a West Ham fan pretty much matches your the fact that your dad's a West Ham fan. But what is your story, Andy? Uh, it, it, to be honest, it's nothing really special. Like I say, it's just through my dad. Um, started getting into football when I was around five or six. Um, my dad took me to my first game in 1984 uh, down Stokes Old Ground, the Victoria Ground. Um, we won 4-2. I don't remember much of the game. Um, but then from then, it was, yeah, I was hooked. You know, we, uh, we'd go, I'd go to the games all the time with my dad. You know, we'd mainly go away games at that time, but then I went my first game at Upton Park the first day of the 86-87 season. Uh, we beat Coventry 1-0. Um, and I say, just just went from there, really, you know, home and away with my dad. Um, and that's, you know, it was it. I mean, you know, you don't, as many people said, you don't start supporting West Ham for the glory. You know, it's... Um, but, I, you know, I loved it uh, Going to Upton Park, that you know, it was it was really highlights. You know, when lose will draw, it was just brilliant to go down there and be with the fans, go in the, the pubs. You know, um, very sad when we left, but yeah, I mean, it's just through my dad that I'm a West Ham fan, and you know, I don't, I wouldn't change it for the world. No. You know, not, not at all. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what's nice as well. I think it's nice for your dad as well. Obviously, you know, having yeah, you you, you taking up, you know the. The, the coat of arms, so to speak. But it, it, it must be nice you and your dad get to spend a lot of time together up and down, back back to London or whatever, away days. And that's what it's all about, really, isn't it, to be fair? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've had some great days watching West Ham. I think the bad days are... Oh. ...success in my time supporting the club. But, you know, it's the days where you go beat Man United 1-0 in the Cup when they can use school. But then, you know, you can go to Chesterfield or Tranmere and, and see his knocked out of the Cups. You know, it's, yeah. 
that's it, and you know that's that's West Ham. Um, it is. So that's that's one that's one of the great things about supporting the club. You you, you never knew, know know what you're going to get week in week out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just I mean, like a life of a box of chocolates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, actually, I, I, I wouldn't like to be a supporter of a Man City or a Man United when you know what you're going to get week in week out. You know, I think that's that's the beauty of supporting West Ham. It's you know. It's character building, isn't it? That's that's what yeah. someone said. Yeah, it might might be a bit of a twisted mindset that you you know it gives you a bit of a buzz when you don't know what you're going to get. But that's that's the beauty of it, you know. It's true. I mean, I, I have I have been called a glory hunter in the past, and I've said there's no proof there that I'm a glory hunter. <laughs> you know. I know. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you think about it, it's. We have this. It's just so irrational, like being a West Ham fan, really, because like you know, we're not in it for the glory, um, but it is those half a dozen times a season when they turn up, and you don't know when they're going to be. You don't yeah. know if it's going to, and and usually it is an Arsenal or it's Man United or Tottenham, but then like after restart, you know, Norwich. We never win at Norwich, and then you yeah, four yeah. nil. You know, it's just like it just doesn't make no sense. And yeah. you know, it's just that's just being a West Ham fan, isn't it? We're used to it. That's the thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, you, you're dead right. Um, so, like the, you know, the Chelsea game, uh, the end of last season, yeah. we would have thought we'd, that that had been one of the games we'd have picked up three points. I mean, you know, it was probably one of the highlights of last season. Unfortunately, nobody was there to yeah. to be able to see it live. Oh, but I, yeah, I was I was full of confidence in the Chelsea game. It's like I knew he was going to get. I don't know what it was. It was just because it was West Ham. It's like it's like Newcastle. Yeah. I, I I had a feeling we weren't going to get nothing against Newcastle on Saturday, mm. just because yeah. it's West Ham. And and we know we got seven. And actually, people say, oh, we've got a nightmare. Seven games coming up. But actually, you look at how well we usually play against those teams. Yeah. Well, we, you know, I don't think it's going to be all doom and gloom. But after that sort of run of seven games, I really, really don't because. West Ham turn up at the most random times, and so you... yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, exactly. Yeah, it's you know, in theory, we could go to Arsenal next week and nick, nick a one nil or something. You know, you don't know the. Well, particularly, uh, particularly with no crowd, you know, behind, you know, it's 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 eleven a level playing field now. Um, yeah. I was watching the uh, the latest instalment of that um, of the of the Tottenham um, docu- Amazon documentary series and and it was and it was this this sort of bunch of episodes was all about the basically lockdown and and daniel levy was like really against really against sort of finishing the season behind closed doors because of the home advantage and to be honest i i don't really see us going to arsenal as being a big deal now you know because there's no fans it's just literally like it is you know we're used to it now and actually we performed really well we went to man united and like you know after restart and to be honest we should have won that game we we yeah yeah team Um, yeah definitely and so we'll see i don't think it's all doom and gloom just yet no no i mean my my pre-season optimism is still there so i'm still here don't worry my my webcam's on my pre-season optimism is still uh is still there um, so we'll see. A few more days, and we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I'm just hoping that we can bring in, you know, two or three, maybe four players before the transfer window closes. I do think we need more more players, you know. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think we'll be all right. Just I don't expect anything special this season, but I think we'll, no. you know, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I think I think we'll be all right. And you're right. I mean, the the, the team that we played, it, you know, against Newcastle. Was pretty much exactly the same team that finished the season, so yeah, they did yeah. well. So it's not like 
we know there's reinforcements needed and we'll see what happens yeah. in that. We're still, you know, what was it still like three or four weeks, haven't we? Three weeks. Um, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, I we'll see. I mean this this will this will when we this will go out just before the Charlton game. So let's go out tomorrow. So we go out on Tuesday. So yeah, you know, Charlton in the cup, I think, you know, if we get a win there it might get a bit of momentum going. Um, yeah, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I've said to my dad, we both agree on this. I mean, we're not going to do anything in the league. We know that. But I, I just like a cup run, you know. I, I, I mean, I, I haven't seen West Ham win a cup in my you know lifetime as a West Ham fan. And that's what I, one thing I want to see. I mean, obviously, we came close in 2006. But, you know, I would like to see us win a cup, you know, and just give it a go. Yeah, I think everyone's the same. And I think at the moment, because we're not playing, because it's Tuesday and we're not playing to the following Saturday... You know, and there's lots of players who, who need a run out. You know, I think, you know, Haller needs a run out. I wouldn't mind seeing some of the young lads, uh, you know, the Coventries and, and Cullens of this world give yeah, them a run out. Uh, definitely. You know, obviously, obviously, Cullen played, obviously, Charlton all season, didn't he, last season? Yeah. So, um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm quite... Yeah, fingers crossed. But, yeah, I mean, if we win that, I think we win that. We play Hull or Leeds, I think, next round. Yeah, Leeds or Hull, I think, think so, it is, yeah. At home the following week, so... We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah. yeah, rest 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 aside, we'll uh, it'll be entertaining whatever happens because it always is at West Ham. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> it's those games, which we, it's those games that surprise you, isn't it? We can easily lose two nil or win seven nil, and yeah, uh, it's and that's that's why I love West Ham. That that is literally yeah. why I love it. I just don't want to repeat of Oxford from last season. You know, four nil to Oxford. No, no. <laughs> but again, that's exactly the point, and then that's the same team. You know, who goes and beats Chelsea three two, and you know always beats Man United at United yeah. and stuff. And but he's been a West Ham fan, right? Let, let's crack on with the eleven. So looking forward to this, Andy. Um, so the only rule is you have to be alive to a scene and play, um, and that's it. You can talk about whoever you want, whatever whatever context, and that's the great thing. And that's what yeah. we're doing. So um, we'll start off in goal. Who's in goal for the for the Andy eleven? Um, well, I've I've decided to pick my players post nineteen eighty eight because that was sort of the time where my vivid memories of going to watch West Ham sure. started. You know, I mean, obviously I saw a lot of the legends play before that, but I wasn't really old enough to appreciate sort of how good they were. You know, so a lot of legends aren't going to make this team, but you know, some will. Some. Um, so from eighty eight onwards, this is my uh, my team. So. Yeah. Um, in goal, again, Phil Parks was coming to the end when I was really getting um, into watching West Ham. Um, so it's it's Ludo um, all day long, you know, um, sort of, you know, I remember when we signed him, but he, he was like one of the first foreign players that we signed, you know, that I could remember. Um, and, you know, I think we went on, on his home debut, I think, might have been against Blackburn. And, I, you know, I, one of the, my very memories was the fans around us didn't know how to pronounce his name, you know, saying, is it Lord? Is it, you know, he was, was quite funny. But, yeah, you know, brilliant goalkeeper. Um, you know, I remember the game against Man United when we, we stopped them winning the league in 95. Um, you know, best goalkeeping performance I've seen from a West Ham keeper. Um, you know, just can't remember him having many bad games, if any. Um, or making many really glaring errors. Just a really top keeper and, you know, from what of a really top, nice bloke as well, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it's Ludo all day long for me and goal. <coughs> Definitely. No, he's a lovely, he was a lovely bloke. And as you said, he just sort of this 
new age of goalkeeper, wasn't he? Really, yeah. Um, compared to others who have been beforehand, and uh, yeah, no, and it is funny because obviously he had a sponsored Skoda, didn't he? So all the yeah. others, had, all the others had Dagenham Motors sponsored <laughs> Fords, and he had a Skoda, which was just typically Ludo. Um, right, okay, Ludo's in. Um, are we pl- what, what formation are we playing, Andy? Doesn't mean really matter. Um, it's four four two. That's that's okay. uh, that's the formation that I like. So yeah. All right. Let's go yeah. left back then. Who are we gonna have left back then, Andy? Um, there's no competition here. It's uh, Julian all day long. Yeah. Um, you know what? It, me, me all time Hammers hero. Um, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Um, brilliant, brilliant footballer. Uh, loved his attitude on the pitch. You know, sort of. Um, you know, gave it his all. Cared about the fans as well. Um, you know, I remember me and my dad went to Derby in the League Cup quarter final replay. I think it was 1989, 90, something like that. I think Julian was either out injured or might have been suspended. I don't know. Um, and I think him and Martin Allen were up in the stands with the fans, uh, you know, getting the songs going and that. Uh, I mean, you, you wouldn't get that nowadays. Um, but yeah, Julian, you know, I was. When he came back, and people—I mean, people forget—that he had a couple of really bad, bad injuries, potential career-threatening injuries, and you know, came back twice. And so, you know, arguably, he wasn't playing full hundred percent, but you know, for, for a large part of his career with us. But you know, what a player, what a leader on the pitch. You know, it's not often that you get your talisman being a left back. You know, and um, you know, the amount of goals he scored as well. I think a lot of strikers would be. Proud of his goal scoring record, yeah. you know. I think he was top scorer um, at, at the club for quite a few seasons when he was with us. You know, um, yeah. I mean, you know, I love Julian, and you know, uh, I was gutted when he when he left for Slaven as well. When he, you know, delighted when he came back to join the coaching staff. But obviously, it didn't work out there. But yeah, no. love Julian. You know, me, me hero really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. I mean, thinking about it, you know, you know, he'd, he'd regularly hit double figures. Um, and you know, until and until Antonio hit double figures last season, we haven't had a strike hit double figures until I think it was Colton Cole or Ian Wright, you know, and that that was years yeah. ago, you know. So yeah, it's shocking when you think of it like that in respect to our strikers. But from the yeah. perspective of a, of a left back, he was awesome, absolutely awesome, Julian was. And as you said, it's nice to see them doing well uh, at West Brom. Hopefully. Not when they come to London Stadium, um, but every other game apart from West Ham games, I wish him well. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. he's a great man, great man, and yeah, I'm the same as you. You know, he's just a talisman and could just galvanise a crowd and a team from left back. And you know, you look at left backs now, not just, not just West Ham, but you know, Premier League in England in general, they're not like particularly charismatic. They're not sort of you know think they're going to live and die for the shirt, but Julian did, and yeah. He was, you know, I, I hope there's, you know, when when think when he's you know retires from the game properly, that there is you know proper recognition for what he brought to the club. You know, cause, absolutely. Um, there's there's a lot of them out there, isn't it? Well, I think you know, it there's it, it needs some. I don't know how they do it, but there needs to be recognition for some of these players, and you know, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, with Julian, I just think he's a lovely bloke, and obviously. He's got a very yeah. cute, new, very cute new baby as well. Bless him. Yeah. That's, that, that's see, that's what you need when you're uh, when you're sort of you know trying to tactically spearhead your your new new promoted teams, the Premier League, having loads of sleepless nights. That's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. See the feeds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Doesn't make it doesn't make it easy on himself, right? Okay, left back. Let's go right back then, Andy. Who's gonna be right back? 
Um, again, I mean, again, I was too too young really to see Ray Stewart at his peak. I mean, you know, arguably our greatest right back. Um, yeah. And I, I had one or two choices here. I mean, I I, I loved Thomas Rekker when he played for the club. I mean, mm. quite divisive character with the fans, but. You know, he came as a centre-half, didn't work out for him at centre-half, but I thought when he moved to right-back, he was a really good, solid full-back for us. Um, Sebastian Schemmel, you know, I, I really liked him when he was at the club. Um, I think more of a wing-back than a right-back, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for me, right-back, it's going to be Timmy Breaker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, remember, I remember when we signed him, I think it was Billy Bonds' first signing. Um, so. Yeah, from Luton. Um I'd say equally good going forward as he was defending. Um, you know, a regular put in a, a good solid performance. Mm. Um, yeah, a, re- a really good, honest right back. You know, um, I, I'd love uh, for have Timmy and, and Julian in the side now. You know, you um, yeah, I'd say Timmy was really honest and you know a good solid. Fullback and he chipped in with his his fair few goals as well. And, you know himself. He did. he did, and he and he was one of those guys who, you know, and I, I've I've said it a few times on the channel who you I appreciated more now than I did then because I was only young, so it was like I wasn't bothered about the right back. You know what I mean? It's like I was <laughs> yeah. bothered about Julian Dix because he scored loads of good goals and was like yeah. sent off and things like that. But not necessarily Tim Breaker because he was just like a uh, you know a regular seven out of ten. Um, but as you said, I could, we could do with a couple of seven out of ten fallbacks at the moment, couldn't we? Um, Absolutely, yeah. And uh, and you know, when, when you talk about the sorts of the players who were around that time, you know, they he was like the model professional. You know, he just would train harder than anyone else. I mean, um, Mad Dog called him the machine or the robot, yeah. whatever it was. And you could see that in, and he was just a lovely bloke as well, very quiet, very mild mannered. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, I could, we could do with a couple of Tim breaks, I tell you. Uh, right, okay, Timmy's in. Let, let's go centre-offs. Who've got centre-offs? Who's your first one, then, Ali? Um, Again, I, you know, I was thinking uh, there was a few I could have gone for. Slavin, when he came to the club, I thought it was a quality centre-off, you know, like continental, you know, great ability. Um, Stevie Potts, you know, I, I love Potts, you know, one of my favourites. Amos, um you know, I think if he'd have been a bit tall, he might have got international caps. You know, I think he's that good. Um, but for me, two centre-halves, I'm going to go with the two really were a partnership throughout my early days of watching West Ham, and that's Alvin and Tony Gale. Oh, um, I mean, Alvin, real, you know, classy centre-half, you know, could do, you know, things with the ball that a lot of central midfielders could do. Um, mm. Scored a few goals as well. Um, you know, I think he should have got more caps for England, if I'm honest. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and as well as, as being a, a classic player, I think he was hard as well. Um, you know, I, I think I've read in the past a few old centre-halves naming Alvin as their, their hardest opponent. You know, I think Mick Harford, I think, said that Alvin was the toughest <laughs> centre-half that he played against. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Alvin was, you know, a brilliant footballer. Yeah. And Tony Gale, again, a classy centre-half, you know. Classy, yeah. You know, I don't think now you, there's many teams that have got two centre-halves playing for them who can, you know, bring the ball out and, you know. Um, I mean, Tony Gale, he, he scored the winning goal, actually, on my me, uh, me first game at Upton Park uh, when we beat Coventry 1-0. Uh, trademark free kick, you know, just 
Keelan hit into the top corner, yeah. similar to the one he got against Liverpool in the League Cup. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, Alvin and Tony, sort of, that, they're the, they're the centre of partnership that I'll always sort of recognise as my favourite partnership at the club, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, two, two quality defenders there. Yeah. No, you're right, and you're right. Right about saying about about players who play it out. You don't get usually two in the same team, do you? You get a blocker and one who plays. You know, so it's like yeah. it's got a, you know, and 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 I think it's it's a lost art. I think players bringing it forward, you know, as much. You don't, you don't see it as much now. No. You know, they're they're always trying to hit a thirty yard, you know, crossfield perfectly timed ball. But there's something about a, a, a defender sort of bringing it forward. From centre back, I know Oggy does it a few times. He did it, yeah. and 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 there's something about that because there's a lot of space usually for a, a centre half to run into because there's usually the this full back in the centre forwards move back or go to the wings. There's a bit of space there to do it more often. But uh, yeah, yeah. And, and you know both lovely guys as well. You know Tony and Alvin. So good shouts. Yes, I like that. Um, right, let's go into midfield. Let's go left midfield. Who are we going to have on the left left half? Um, it was a, it was a toss up between two really. I was he was I, I was thinking of Kevin Keane because you know Kevin Keane was yeah. one of my favourites as well um, back in the day. You know another good player. Um, you know got a lot of ability and scored a lot of goals. Creative, but on the left I'm going to go Stewart Slater. Um, you know I think from the sort of around 88, 89 through to perhaps when he left the club. He was he was brilliant. Um, you know, I vividly remember the, the the FA Cup game against Everton where he really ripped him apart. You know, um, and that, you know I thought at, at that time he was going to go on and you know to to play for one of the, the so called big clubs and mm-hmm. play for England. You know, um, I think it was perhaps a mistake for him to leave and go to Celtic. Um, I think perhaps if he'd have stayed, he might have got England recognition. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think for those couple of seasons when we were in division, then got promotion, he was he was a brilliant winger. You know, just direct, take take people on. You know, um, you know, again scored scored a few goals, and uh, yeah, I mean, he, he was really quality around that time. Yeah. And I think probably if if people ask him now, he probably would say it was a mistake to go Celtic at the time. Perhaps that that didn't you know. Doing doing any favors in his career, really? No, no. It seemed to just be too soon, didn't it? Really, it's yeah. Like maybe another couple of years, then Celtic. But but Celtic was his club, one of his clubs, wasn't it? He supported, yeah. I think. So yeah, yeah. It's difficult, isn't it, when your boy or club comes in? Um, yeah. You sort of. And I, I, I think I think Liam Brady was manager as well. So obviously Liam had played with with the Slater at the club. So obviously there was a connection there as well. So yeah. you know. Well, there it is. But yeah, Slates, as you said, there was a couple of seasons there where he was absolutely brilliant for us. Right. All right, I'll put yeah. Slates in. Let's go Let's go the other side. Let's go right midfield then. Who do you have the right side? Um, again, you know, thinking about this, there's a couple I could have put in, you know, Trevor Sinclair. You know, I loved Sinclair when he was at the club. You know, a yeah. real quality, quality player. Um, good player. Loads of positions come to you, Sinclair. Um, but I'm going to go more hard on the right. Um, you know, I loved loved Wardy when he was at the club. You know, you know, fast, pacey. You know, go go at uh, fullbacks, hard, hard, hard as well. You know, and you know, for his size. I mean, I, I'm not the tallest of blokes neither, and uh, so that's why I empathise a bit with the uh, with Wardy. But yeah, a, a brilliant winger. You know, sort of. Um, 
know when when he left the club, we got uh, Bish and Morley sort of in exchange, if you like. But I was sad to see Gordy go because he he's one of my favourites, and uh, you know again, I wish I wish we had wingers like him at the club now. You know. It's, it's, it's the tenacity, isn't it, that I think Mark Ward bought. You know, he was yeah. like tenacious. It was, I can't remember who said it. It might have been Macca or someone. And he called him like a little Rottweiler, and a little terrier, rather. And that's what he yeah. was. Just like it's nip, nipped around people's, you know, he was, he was small, but he could just hold his own. You know, it's like it's like when you go to a club, you never you never fuck with the uh, the small bouncer because he's there for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. And that and that you know, it's not because it's not because of his brutes. You know, because he's a nutter. And and with Mark with Aldi, he just got that sense, wasn't he? He was, but he was ferocious. And you know, him and when well, obviously they, they do a um hit up when I interviewed him and Pikey. And they spoke about that goal at Man United that they sort of crossed it over and he, he sort of mis miscued it and then Pikey and they said, oh yeah, it was all a training ground thing, but it's that's but he was you know he's a lovely bloke and he loves the club and they yeah. all do don't they all these guys and look at all of them you know they all all love the club and um, and Rivaldi I just think he's yeah he he would you know what we could do with something like him you know on the on the right. You know, and then, or even on the left, we put him on the left because no one seems to want to play left wing for us. At the <laughs> yeah, moment, <so>. yeah. <laughs> he, he'll do a job there. He'll do a job there. But we'll put Wardy in. No, good chap. Okay, let's go into the central midfield. Who's your first centre midfielder there, Andy? Um, uh, Ian Bishop. Bish. Oh, yeah. Good old Bishop. Um, brilliant football. Um, classy. You know, good ping balls all over the pitch. You know, scored. A lot of goals, most of them were, you know, quite spectacular goals as well. Um, I, I remember going to Port Vale in the 1990-91 season. He, he scored one from about 30 yards right in the top corner, you know, just summed him up real. You know, he, he could play on any pitch. He, was, he really was a class player. And again, he should have should have played for England, should have got caps yeah. for England. Um, perhaps if he'd have played for one of the so-called bigger clubs, he'd have got 50, 60 caps. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a common th- thread, isn't it? When you look at some of the players that you've mentioned and and other people who you know like like Bonzio and stuff like that, <clears throat> these guys shouldn't have, should have played for England. You know, it's like it just doesn't make no sense at all. And some yeah. like Fish as well. You look at who was around during his time, and he was just a classy midfielder. And maybe he was almost too. He was there too early, you know what I mean? It's like he was more, he would do a great job now, you know, like David Silva yes. type player, you know, like just classy on the ball, always had time and could pick a pass. Um, yeah, I, I do think he was sort of ahead of his time as a, yeah. as a player, you know. I mean, you didn't really, I can't really think of many equal, many central midfielders who were equal to him at the time, you know. I mean, obviously he had Gascoigne and that, but they I think he was a different kind of player, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, Bish and, you know, I watch his... Um, his podcast five pints in. I listen to it regularly. And he, he just seems like a thoroughly decent, down to earth bloke. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody you could have you could have a drink with in the pub. Yeah, uh, and that's but again, no airs or graces about no, it. No, totally. That is so true. And, it, and actually, you look at this team, and you could quite easily see all these guys down the pub. You know what I mean? It's like you just have that association with the players. They're proper yeah, blokes. I, I think I think it'd be a good night out as well with them. <laughs> Some of those stories when we eat the yeah. fish. Some of those stories, bless him, and, and about yeah. drinking and stuff, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was funny, but uh, but that's him, and he, that's always been him, and he's no airs yeah. and graces. He's never said he wasn't anything else, and I think that's why West Ham, because he's a genuine bloke, and I think when you're genuine, irrespective of you know 
yeah, I mean, you know, when we interviewed you met Sinclair, we interviewed Trev, and and he he said, you know, when we finished fifth that year, maybe if we didn't do our Tuesday clubs and went out Tuesday night and didn't have trading Wednesday, we might have won the league. But yeah. uh, it's like yeah, horses and courses, you know, it's everything, you know, ifs and whats. But um, uh, that that's what made that generation. I think that's why you know that's why you pick people like Mark Ward and and Bish because it's not just them playing; it's them off the field as well and. And it's just, I don't know, it's, 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 yeah. it, it's something which I think is terribly absent in, in modern football at the moment, is that sort of personalisation, you know, you know, everyone seems to be so uber-professional. Uber That's like why I quite like watching the Amazon documentaries and stuff, because it gives yeah. another side to it. Yes, I don't like Deli Alley, I don't like the man, you know, but fair play, he, they managed to make him having a conversation about a toothbrush for about two minutes vaguely interesting because everyone was looking at him because he put water on his toothbrush before the toothpaste and after the toothpaste but yeah. enough, but but do you know what so, but fair enough you know yeah yeah <laughs> and and i and, and i just think we missed that i think we just missed that in football in general you know um and particularly you guys, you go to a lot of away games and as you said you know when you'd see alvin or you know in the stands or whatever i mean Obviously, Ginge used to go to a lot of the away games as well. Yeah, and I just think it's it's a it's a real shame. It's a real shame because you you don't have many well, you don't have many opportunities at the moment because you can't get within two meters of them anyway. But to really sort of connect with footballers anymore because they bugger off after three years and then they're called a legend because they they've played three you know a hundred yeah. games and they're, they're a legend. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm just becoming a grumpy old man. I think after doing these because <laughs> it's like. You, yeah, I mean, there's no characters left anymore. I mean, and it's like, you know, if you wait outside the grounds before, you know, when the players arrive, they don't, they rarely acknowledge you anymore. You know, you, you can't get near them. Um, I mean, I talked to them part many times. Me and my dad went down there. We'd meet players, have autographs signed, and they were, they were great. You know, Alvin, Alan Devonshire, you know, they, they were happy to come up to you and have a chat, but now it's, uh, it's a different world. You know, particularly for you, you and your dad, obviously, because you know your accent didn't say you were just down the road from Green Street. Yeah. So they're probably asking you even more questions and stuff, which was nice. yeah, yeah, which is great. But yeah, no, it's, it's it's true. But it's it's indicative of modern football, you know, just like the, the grounds. You don't get those close proximity to the fans anymore. Um, and yeah, it's a shame because you know, same as my, you know, my yeah, you know, my daughter will never have the excitement of me walking down the ro- of walking down the road and seeing. I don't know. For me, it was like, you know, I lived, lived in Loughton where loads of the players used to live. And you would sit. I mean, I used to work at Safeways there. And, and Shaka would regularly be in there. And Samassi Abu and yeah. Paul Kitson and people like that. And Ian Bisham. That was that was what that was just normal, you yeah. know. You would be excited. You just don't get that anymore. I, I you know, yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen a football player sort of out of captivity. You know, that's you know, not in their penthouse canary wolf at you know, um, yeah. flats. But um, but yeah. Anyway, I stopped ranting. Right, okay. <laughs> Bish is in. Who else is in the central midfield players? Um, the other central midfielder it was a bit of a toss up. Um, I mean, I, I'd love to put John Moncure in there because again, another character and. Another really quality footballer, um, you know, love the club. Um, but I think, you know, in my team, I think he's a bit too similar to Bish, you know, as a you know, classy midfielder and that. So I'm going to go for Martin Allen as me as a central midfielder. Oh. Um, Great shout. 
you know, a lot, a lot of time for, for Mad Dog. Um, I was down, me and my dad were down there when he made his debut against Plymouth in 1989. That was on my birthday as well. And he scored, he scored for us. Um, we beat him 3-2. Um, and I say, you know, Martin Allen was was hard, but again, a, a good player. Um, you know, scored some really good, spectacular goals. You know, could create as well as, you know, do the dirty work. Um Again, you know, in interviews and that, he comes across as a really funny and, yeah. you know, quality bloke, you know. And, uh, yeah, so Bishy Martin Allen, because they, they were, oh. you know, my midfield pairing when I was in that first, the memories started, uh, we were very, you know, watching West Ham. Totally, totally. No, I love that. And what made me laugh about Martin, because obviously we've had him on as well. And when, when, when he interviewed... It was, it was it, I can't remember who you first. It might have been Alan, Martin or, or Kevin Keane. And obviously they used to carpool together. And I just can't see how that would work. Do you know what I mean? Because like Kevin Keane is so like mild-mannered. And, it, and then Martin Allen is so Martin Allen. And it's like, yeah. that must have been absolute. And, and when I interviewed Kevin Keane, he, he couldn't get his head around how he's best how he was best mates with him. Because it's like they shouldn't be mates, but they just were. And, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I loved about that era. You said like Bish and you said like Monks and you said like Kevin Keane and Martin Allen and those places like when you mention them just make you smile. And yeah. I just don't get that affection if you mentioned I don't know, uh uh Ed Milson Fernandez or you know, I just don't get that same oh, Yeah. It's like it's really it's really sad because that's I think that's that and, and Again, it's not just West Ham, but it's modern football in general. It's like, you know, I imagine Man United fans will have the same thing with Roy Keane and, I don't know, uh, McTominay uh, or whatever. You know, it's like, it, 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 yeah. it is, it's just that generational thing. But, yeah, Mad Dog was, yeah, top, top, top. But you see, I mean, a lot of the players now, they, they just pass through the club, don't they? They spend a couple of seasons and then they're off. But yeah. like most of the players in my team who have picked now, they, they had like good seven or eight years at the club. So, you know, became like pretty much club legends, you know, and we're, we're fondly remembered, well, you know, we'll be fondly remembered in years to come still. Definitely. Um, like I said, Emilson Fernandez, I don't think, uh, you know, I tend to have forgotten about him now, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's quite funny about his channel, because obviously it's a generational thing, and for someone... They may well like, and he hasn't got a conversation. It's probably not best best example, but you know, I don't know, Hayden Mullins or something like that. You know, yeah. like, you know, and it's nice to give people, you know, in different generations of time strand. See, is your 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 era is very similar to mine, so that's why I like you know the Mad Dogs and stuff. Yeah, and, and that's why, and that's what's interesting because you you know your dad was obviously he had a different era and he had, yeah. he had more players to to pick as well. So. Um, that's that's how fun. The Mad Dog's just a nutter, and I love him. And we had yeah. such a giggle, such a giggle. It was so funny. And then at the end, I didn't realise that he, he, he was eating a dog biscuit all through the interview. I never <laughs> realised until at the end, and he was like, "It's like a bono biscuit." I was like, you're so funny. I just like you know, you bless him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's go up front. Who, who's, who's your first striker, then, Andy? Um. Well, my first striker is. Um. The person who was my first hero at the club, and that's uh, Frank McAvenny. Um, You know, although I can't really remember a lot about that 85, 86 season, I do remember Frank, you know, when he signed. And, you know, when I played football at school, I'd always want to wear number eight because McAvenny wore number eight. Um, and then, obviously, I remember more of his second spell at the club. Um, 
unfortunately, I don't think he was at his best in the in his second spell because obviously he broke his leg in that first game against Stoke. Uh, Chris Camora didn't badly, um, but he was you know always you know my favourite striker. You know worked hard. You know brilliant footballer. And I say scored goals. Um, and again, another another really good good bloke and you yeah. know funny character. You know. Um, and I say, you know, I, I wish I could remember the 85, 86 season. You know, I watched I watch a lot of the highlights of that on YouTube and that. And, you know, he was arguably probably was the best striker in the country, even though he, he didn't win the golden boot that year. Linicky got it, I think, as an all-round striker. He probably was the best striker in the country at that time, you know. And it's just a shame that uh, injuries perhaps didn't, you know, do him any favours in his second spell with us, you know, which was a shame. Yeah, I'm 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 going to try and do a team actually of people who've gone and come back. I'm going to call it the Boomerang Eleven because like yeah. you know, people like Maka was like, I just think you know we again you know I've been extremely extremely fortunate to meet these meet a lot of these people and and Maka is an absolute gentleman. You know he's yeah. he made he made me see when we chatted. It was like I was his bet. I was his mate, and we've been mates for years. And yeah, he, do, probably, he does it with everyone. You know, that's probably just just the nature of his character. But you know, we'd be on the phone. He'd phone I'd phone him up. I go, you know, when can we do it this week? Ah, I'm on the golf course. He's literally on the golf course, literally every <laughs> day. You know, I, yeah. I laughed about footballers on the golf course, but literally, he was on the golf course. Like Monks was always on the golf. Everyone's always on the fucking golf course. It's just hilarious. <laughs> but Macca was, yeah, a gentleman, absolute gentleman, and. Uh, I think that's why, that's why people, you know, naturally, naturally sort of lean towards some players other than others because it's just they come how they come across off the pitch. You know, you'd have a, you know, I don't know, there'd be there'd be players who probably scored more goals than Macaveni, um, who we can't even remember. But it's yeah, yeah. not just, but it's not just on and off the pitch yet. And he had, he was like a West Ham player because he was a playboy. You know, he had mm. the hair, he had the pay three, pay three models. Yeah. But he was just put it in, and he put a shift in every game. And that's what he said. He said you could not. He says I put a shift in every training session, every game. I'd work my ass off. And he gets it's yeah. Frust- and he he he's really frustrated when he watches professional football players now who don't put a shift in, not just West Ham, but in general. Yeah. Um. Because he's like you're playing this amazing game. You've got the the ability to earn an absolute crapload of money kicking a ball about, and you don't put it in for ninety minutes. It just he it's like, he really got really angry about it. But yeah, I totally agree with him. Totally. But it, it, it sums up his love for West Ham as well when he came back because he had the chance to go Arsenal, who were going to win the league, yeah. but he chose to sign for us knowing that we were going we were going down. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think if that was to happen in the modern day with another player. It's like, you know, they go to, it's like somebody turning on Man City to, to come to us now. It <laughs> wouldn't happen, but I think he proved love grounds that he, he did come to us, even knowing that we were going to get relegated, you know. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. All right, Mac is in. Who's the last piece of this pie then, Andy? Uh, um, Paolo, Paolo Di Canio. Yeah. Yeah, another, another one of my heroes, you know. Um, well, you can't, you can't say enough about Paolo, you know, brilliant, brilliant footballer, you know, character on the pitch. You know, it was it was a joy just to see him gesticulating everything, you know, <laughs> as, as much as his, um, you know, his football ability, you know, it was uh, just as entertaining watching him, you know, on the pitch. Um, as he gave me one of my greatest memories as a West Ham fan, 
when he scored the winner at um, Old Trafford in the FA Cup when we beat Man United. I mean, what a day that was, you know, it's just um, fantastic. Um, I think perhaps in the, the last couple of seasons, wasn't treated that well by Glenn Rohde. I think no. perhaps that um, if Rohde sort of hadn't been that stubborn, I think perhaps we wouldn't, we might not have gone down because I don't think Paolo featured that much in that that relegation no, season. No, no, no. Um, I think you know, but obviously when Trevor took over, he did bring Paolo back in the side, and we nearly we nearly stopped up. But um, yeah, a great player, Paolo. I mean, you know, in my time, he's probably is the, the most naturally gifted player I've seen at, at West Ham. You know, um, so yeah, just love love Paolo, and again another another bloke who thoroughly loves the club and loves the fans. And, yeah. You know, it's um, a character that you know I don't think we'll see again. Unfortunately, again, 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 it's characters, isn't it? It's it's characters, yeah. and and it's indicative. And also, what really, really annoys me about the game at the moment is anyone who has a bit of character is singled out. You know what I mean? As being arrogant, so like Grealish, you know, Grealish is just like cocky little sod. That's what yeah. it is. But he's just vilified, and I just don't think you know nowadays. I mean, look at Paolo. How you talk about cocky? The guy yeah. would sit on the ball and sit, you know, and like, oh, and it was like, you know, he'd fling himself about and <coughs> and he was called passionate. So I don't yes. see that, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's frustrating. But um, yeah, Palo's just box office, wasn't he? He really was. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. You would pay, you'd pay your season ticket just to see him because he was just brilliant. And, and he just, he still loves the club. And, you know, yeah. and, and again, you know, he's just one of those players who, you know, I could never trust him with our club being manager. But you think there'd be some sort of some way that he could be involved somewhere just from a passion side, you know what I mean? Uh, even as a yeah. cheerleader, bring back the hammerettes, and then the Paolo could be the main, <laughs> the main one, you know, for half time. But yeah, it would be lovely to find somewhere to, to put him just for his passion. Yeah, I mean, in, in a fantasy world, I'd love to see him come back as manager, but I think I don't think it would be a good mix. The, the current board, anyway, <laughs> and Paolo, you know. Um, <laughs> well, I think he'd, you know. I think he'd upset people because he'd be wanting to win so much. Very similar yeah. to sort of Zola, you know. Zola was the best player at West Ham, and mm. he was the manager. And I think you'd get that with Paolo, but you'd get that passion, and he would just piss everyone off yeah. in the first week, and then all would leave. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, no, I, I just think he's uh, yeah a bridge too far, but uh, no, definitely yeah. somewhere. Anyway. Um, Andy, it's been lovely, man. I'm fine. I'm glad we finally get to chat. Yeah, it's been, it's been really, really nice. Thank you so much. I really appreciate no worries. Yeah, it's been your really time good. And, and your patience in, in getting you on the on the channel. But uh, thank you, man. Um, and obviously, thanks to everyone else for watching. Uh, you know, like, share, subscribe. If it's on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcaster, you're on Alexa or whatever. Anyone, you could try that. Try it. See if it works with Alexa. Right, say play Miami's Eleven and see what happens. Because I think we should be on that as well. But anyway, whatever happens, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share it. Um, it's a really, you know, it's a great thing that everyone's. You know, it's lovely all the messages, particularly on the YouTube our comments. I read everyone, and some of them are really, really lovely. So thank you. Um, and until next time, for me and Andy, take care, everyone. Stay safe. That's very, very important. Uh, and uh, come on, you wines. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. See you later. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.